This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEN. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Sporting Max on 1116 SEN, where today we're with pick 51 in the 2020 NBA draft to the Golden State Warriors and next star, Illawarra Hawk, Justinian Jessup. Justinian, it's an absolute honour um, and a privilege for me to have you on the show. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, Now, JJ, I want to start off with sort of talking about your childhood and what it was like growing up for you um, in America and specifically in boys. Uh, yeah, so I uh, first started playing basketball. Um, I lived in Southern California, started playing when I was about six or seven years old. Um, and I kind of moved around a bit as a kid, lived in four or five different states growing up. Wow. So, yeah, moved around quite a bit. Um, but throughout that all, just like had some really good coaches and, uh, you know, just kept playing the game, loved the game. And, uh, yeah, you know, so that, that was a unique experience for me, just moving around to different places. Um, I've read um, in my research that you would spend um, hours in the gym um, training and continuously practicing uh, as a kid. Is that correct? Yep. So what was that like for you? I mean, what would what kind of drills um, would a young Justinian Jessup do um, in working out and at the gym? Yeah, I, I mean, I would just go and practice my pull-up and practice my threes pretty much. Just, mm-hmm. man, yeah, I would just run around for hours, man, just getting my own rebound, kind of like pretending I was playing in a game or something, you know, just mm-hmm. – or, you know, just work, just working, you know, just, uh, I just love being in the gym and just love shooting. So I did that a lot. So you, it's to my understanding and belief that you played fifth grade basketball, um, under Robert Burgesson, um, the Idaho Stampede's legend. Um, I mean, what's he like as a coach? I mean, he's got obviously made the transition like a lot of guys have, um, I mean, Illawarra, Brian Gorgian, um, like him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Berto was probably like my first real basketball coach. He like taught me how to, you know, play basketball the right way and um, just taught me so much stuff. Even though I was only like in fourth or fifth grade, you know, he helped me a ton and just kind of like sparked a passion, you know, to practice really hard because, I mean, he got to where he was, you know, professionally as a basketball player by, you know, working really hard as well. So, um, yeah, just having him as an example and as a coach really early, as a kid, you know, I think that definitely kind of set the tone um, and helped me out of helped me out a bunch. How's it feel when you're a kid and you're looking up um, to, I guess, a basketball legend? You know, he's played with the Atlanta Hawks, and I think he might have played with the Blazers too. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, uh, obviously knowing that and seeing him, you know, play for the Stampede at that time, uh, you know, at the pro level, just going to those games and stuff. It was really cool. You know, just having him as a coach, it, it kind of, yeah, it was like, whoa, you know, this is pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> and makes you just, makes you just listen a lot more as a kid. Do you have any memories, um, I guess, of your first sort of official game of basketball? Uh, I don't remember like my very first one, but I know it would have been like a YMCA game or like mm-hmm. a, mm-hmm. I don't know what you guys would call it here, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was it was pretty casual, you know, just at like a little rec center, YMCA basketball, like, I mean, just little seven-year-olds running around, not, mm-hmm. you know, no idea what we're doing, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, something along those lines, probably my first game. So you led uh, Longmont High School 
um, in every major statistical category um, and leading them to the title game. I mean, you were named 2015 Colorado 4A Player of the Year. Um, you're a two-time Northern League Athlete of the Year and two-time All-State First Team. Um, what was school like for you and balancing, I guess, um, I guess your high school life with high school basketball? Yeah, it was fun, you know. Uh, fortunately, my parents were really like, uh, I mean, they just – they sacrificed a lot of time to get me to practice and take me to the rec center. Um, and I mean, I had really cool teammates in high school as well. Like we had a good group of guys, you know, that I came up with that all love basketball and love sports in general. So, um, yeah, you know, it was, I had a balance for sure. And it was just fun, you know, playing, playing back in high school and those stuff, just like playing at the varsity level as a freshman was a great experience. Um, so yeah, Longmont. <laughs> I'm surprised you brought that up. Those are good times. <laughs> um, well, over here in Australia, not a lot. We don't have um, those kinds of like sort of high school, um, I guess, major tournaments and matches like you guys um, have in America. So what's that like um, from your perspective? Uh, like how's it in America? Yeah, in America, me? yeah. Yeah, it's great. You know, high school basketball is amazing, um, especially if like I was fortunate to be on a good team. and. We played some other good teams as well while I was there. Like we had our the program I was at uh, has, has been good for a while. Usually, like one of the best schools in four A. So, yeah, I mean, high school basketball is a blast. You know, you, you get the student sections going, and you have some rivalry games with you know schools closer to you, and you know, so the atmosphere can get really fun. And um, you know, there's no really like real egos or anything. Guys just want to win and uh yeah it's just it's just pure basketball man it's fun yeah um so now sort of moving into your I guess college career how did you I I understand that I mean you only had offers um as a young man from Boys State um and Davidson College um how did you sort of make your decision between those two sort of colleges yeah both are really good programs you know I, I took visits to both and I really enjoyed like both coaching staffs and the basketball culture as well for both teams. And I think Boise was just, it was just more familiar. I had lived there before it was closer to home. You know, my family was going to get to see me play more, obviously mm -hmm. playing. We played around, you know, my hometown, like three times a year. Yeah. Um, so I think that was probably the biggest decision, just that familiarity and closeness to home at the end of the day. And Boise was like a little bit bigger of a school as well. Davidson was kind of small. So uh, those that kind of was the main decision. So you were sort of following, I guess, in the footsteps um, of Anthony Drimmick, who's at the Bullets right now. What's it like to? What was that like for you? I mean, to sort of um, was I? I'm sorry. I mean, was there like a legacy left by him? I mean, he was such a great player for Boys State for such a long period of time. Yeah, I mean, he definitely left a legacy. I mean, second all time in points there. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely big footsteps to follow. I think that's another reason why I went there is just because him and a bunch, a couple other guys were leaving, um, yeah. you know, the year before I got there. So there was going to be opportunity to play. And so, yeah, you know, I think he definitely set an example of, uh, just, you know, he led the way in winning and, uh, playing tough basketball. And so, yeah, it's cool to like see him in the NBL as well and play against him. So how did you try and create, I guess, a winning culture? Um, at Boy State? I think that culture was there in a sense already. You know, they had made the tournament twice in like four years or something. Um, yeah. 
No, they're they're winning 20 games mostly every season. So I think the culture is there. It's just about going in and uh, trying to add to it and adapt to that culture and just contribute it. Contribute. Con- <laughs> sorry. You know, just <laughs> add <to it. laughs> you know, so uh so that's a that's what I try to do. You know, it wasn't necessarily like I was going to a program that I was just losing a bunch of games, you know. So in college, I mean Obviously, you have to do a degree. I've spoke to Mason Peeling from Melbourne United. His aim um, was at college was just to smash out that degree in two years, get get his degree under his belt to fall back on if um, professional basketball doesn't work out. I mean, was it always just um, professional basketball? That's what I'm going to do. Or did you? What kind of degree did you sort of work on? No, I didn't. Yeah, I mean, pre- that was a hope. You know, obviously, playing professional was a hope, and that's what I worked towards. But yeah, I mean, I obviously took my degree seriously, and uh, it was in media arts, public relations emphasis. So, um, you know, I want to coach or train in basketball. So, honestly, hopefully I don't have to use the degree, but mm-hmm. it's, de- it's there, you know, and I worked on it. So, just in case, obviously. So, what does that sort of in- degree um, consist of as, like, in a career sort of sense? Yeah, so, I mean, the emphasis was public relations, so... I did an internship one summer with a uh, government relations firm. Uh, it would be mostly like strategic communications, uh, crisis management, you know, communication, um, that sort of thing is what public relations kind of entails. Yeah. Um, now, it's I, I'm pretty certain here that you shot 46% um, from the three-point line in your first year. I think that's freshman year, isn't it, in college? Yeah, I think it would be 36, not 46. 30, 36. All right. Sorry about that. How did you find your uh, first year of college? Yeah, it's definitely an adjustment. I was grateful I was playing, you know. That was obviously a cool opportunity. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a, it's a leap from going, you know, Colorado high school basketball to the Mountain West. <laughs> so yeah. uh, defensively, had to adjust offensively and uh, – yeah, you know, just learn kind of was learning what it takes to be a player, you know, be a player in college basketball. In one game, you broke the Met, the Mountain West Conference record of three pointers um, in a career, um, which you was previously 296, and you made that 297. I mean, like I'll, everyone says, um, the accolades don't mean anything unless you know you're winning championships. But um, what does that mean to you, and what's it like to get you know that recognition? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely satisfying, you know, knowing that, like, I have that record and to know that, like, a lot of work paid off um, and that my name is up there. So that, I mean, yeah, that felt, it felt really good, to be honest. And, um, yeah, sometimes I just remind myself of that, you know, if I'm, I'm having, like, you know, shooting slump or a bad game or something, like, hey, man, like, I'm a good shooter. I've, I've done, I've done stuff, you know, so. Yeah, definitely. It definitely felt really special uh, after that game, especially because, I mean, we won too, so that that definitely helped. <laughs> now, there was a scuffle um, I hear in one of your college games. Can you talk to me a bit about this? <laughs> uh, it was kind of similar to the Sydney game this year where yeah. <laughs> the game was kind of over, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, one of their guys – this is New Mexico, went up for floater. He missed it. The game was over. We had the ball. And one of their guys kind of just came in, like, gave a dirty shove to yeah, yeah. 
one of our players who had the ball. And so, yeah, there was a little scuffle uh, that ensued after that. So it's kind of similar to the Sydney situation. Yeah. <laughs> What's that rivalry like with the Sydney Kings at the moment? Uh, yeah, was, I mean, it's definitely uh, feisty. Uh, but, I, I mean, I'm sure that's what it's been in years past. You know, I've heard worse stories than what's happened, you know, with our game. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's fun to play in those games, though, for sure. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break, get back to Justinian and Jessup on the other side to have a chat about the NBA draft. Welcome back from the ad break. Uh, Justinian, I want to have a quick chat about the NBA draft slash sort of summer league. I mean, a lot of college players now go to the NBL um, as a next star instead of um, those sort of four or five years of college. What are your thoughts on the best um, pathway um, for uh, I guess professional basketball is now is it college or I guess the NBL? I think it depends, man. Um, you know, you look at some guys who I think would benefit from college more, just take some years to develop and play games and uh, get stronger or whatever. And there's other guys who, you know, might not need it. Like, you know, Josh Giddy, for example, he was yeah. obviously ready to play in the NBA. Um, so I think it just depends on the player and, their situation, their talents. It's kind of just on a case-to-case basis. Um, so I want to sort of get into the NBA draft now. Um, what was that process like for you? I mean, did you have any tryouts or testing um, with teams prior to the draft? No, not really. I didn't really have any workouts. Um, I just had, you know, kind of pre-draft interviews over Zoom. Um, and so, yeah, that's what my process was like. I mean, it was, it was during COVID, so there was like – I don't think there was any combine or anything like that. And – uh yeah no teams came and watched me work out uh so it was it was pretty pretty quiet process for me you know mm-hmm. did you did you know like prior to that draft day um you you like there there might have been a team that you know was going to pick you yeah i knew there was a chance but um i wasn't like banking it on it or anything you know i was like if i didn't get drafted i wasn't going to be like super disappointed cuz i knew it was you know, not like guaranteed or anything like that. So I knew there was a chance. Can you talk to me about draft day? I mean, for some players, it's hectic and others, um, it's a bit quieter. What was draft day like for you? Uh, draft day for me was spent in a hotel room by myself because I was in quarantine. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I found out what had been in like mid-afternoon for me that <laughs> I had been picked. Um, so, yeah, the rest of the day it was kind of just – you know, so I'm uh, celebrating by myself, I guess. <laughs> was the phone going off in the hotel room? Yeah, phone was blowing up for sure. That was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What emotions were sort of going through your mind as, um, you know, you found out you were drafted to the Golden State Warriors? Uh, just a bunch, you know, excitement, gratitude. Um, yeah, just joy, <laughs> you know, just like it's a surreal moment, you know, like, yeah. You just see that on TV, like growing up as a kid and to have it happen to you um, is just, yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. Yeah. Um, so what happens, I guess, after you get drafted? I mean, for me, I just, I was still in quarantine. I just went down and started playing for the Hawks. That was happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's all I can speak to. I'm not really yeah. sure <laughs> what it's like for other players, but I guess it was a little different for me. <laughs> Um, now, you're with sort of a team of champions at Golden State. I mean, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. Have you had a chance to sort of meet them or get to know those guys yet? 
not those guys. I mean, I met some of the players there when I was mm-hmm. uh, up there for summer league. Um, yeah, some of the younger guys, but I didn't meet like Steph or Draymond, no. Yeah. So what was um, this sort of summer league like for you? Um, I mean, you had a fantastic summer league and what work did you put in over the off season um, for, I guess, Illawarra and things like that as you, you're a defensive weapon now too? Um, yeah, I mean, summer league, summer league was good. It was a experience for sure. Um, had a little rough start, but got going at the end in my last few games. Learned a lot though. Learned a ton about just the level of competition and kind of, you know, what it takes and how bad you got to want it to make it at that level. Um, and yeah, the off season, you know, it was, it was, it was a little weird, you know, cause I went straight from the playoffs from Illawarra kind of just straight to the summer league stuff. Yeah. So there wasn't much time to work on anything, I guess. Um, and so after the summer league, yeah, more time to just kind of work on, you know, my game and stuff until came back here for the second year. Um, so can you sort of tell me about who you think, um, out of all the draft prospects and things like that, who was top three in your draft class? Who is top three in my draft who's, class? Who's, who's top three best, do you think, in your draft class? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I mean, like, uh, I mean, who was in my draft class? Who was number one? I'm not uh, really sure. I think number one was Anthony Edwards. At three was James Wiseman. Um, uh, there there might have been a couple of other guys too, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, Anthony Edwards is pretty good, yeah. but uh, to be honest, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't really. That's all good. <laughs> uh, I can't really rank them. <laughs> Did you watch All-Star Weekend this year? Uh, no, I didn't. It's, I mean, it's kind of tough. Like we've been having games and practice. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of at the same time when the yeah. All-Star stuff is. So no, I didn't get a chance this year, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how did you get the opportunity to come to Australia um, and the Illawarra Hawks? So, I mean, once you finish college, you hire an agent and the agent's kind of responsible for finding new opportunities, uh, you know, overseas or NBA, whatever. And so he had a connection to one of the owners of the Illawarra Hawks, and that's kind of how it got started. Um, so when you came over, um, I guess you're coming into the team with Brian Gorge, and how did you adjust to that team style? Um, and was it a selling – was that – um, sort of Brian Gorge and being there a selling factor to come to Australia? Yeah, I mean, you hear a lot of stuff about Gorge, uh, just like from the owners and during the recruiting process. You know, he's obviously won a lot here. So that's definitely a selling point, knowing you're going to a coach who's won a lot and I want to win. So that was definitely a big part of the decision. Um, so, yeah, knowing that and knowing I was going to go play for Gorge and have some opportunity was yeah, a big, a big factor. What's your relationship like with sort of the head office at the club? I mean, Dora Kadai and Brian Colangelo. Yeah, uh, I mean, Brian isn't around too much. He hasn't been to Australia yet. Um, but Dory is definitely involved. Dory's a great guy. Um, you know, def- he takes out the team for dinners and stuff sometimes, which is really nice. Um, so, yeah, he's, a def- he's definitely involved in our team and stuff, which I really appreciate. And, uh yeah, I think he's definitely changed things around here a lot, you know, just in terms of like the culture and just how the Illawarra Hawks are branded. So, and I mean, you can see that on the court and just in the community mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do you as a player try and engage the community um, to watch Illawarra? I mean, he's the only, the only sort of major sports team um, 
in the region? Yeah, I mean, I try to do some community stuff like going to a community kitchen tonight, um, you know, help out with that sort of thing. And uh, I'll tell them about, you know, obviously I'm a little taller so they can tell I'm a basketball player. And, you know, yeah. we'll just get talking about that sort of stuff. And obviously whatever promotions or community events that the team wants me to do, I'm obviously open to. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's just being open to people you see on the street and stuff and encouraging them to come out for games and whatnot. So do it, have you been walking around town and anyone notice you on the streets at all? Yeah, sometimes. Like, like I said, you know, we're <laughs> basketball players are tall. So it's like, yeah. yeah, just walking down here on the beach and, you know, Hey, Jessup, you know, unlucky. <laughs> good yeah. job. Last, that type of thing. You know? Yeah. Just, you know. <laughs> Um, did sort of coming um, to Illawarra as a next star um, that just the season after LaMelo Ball was there create sort of or have any extra pressure on you? Uh, not really. I think me and LaMelo Ball are, we're in way different situations and a lot of different player types. So uh, I don't think there's like any comparison there or pressure, to, mm -hmm. you know, I think it was a lot of different situations. I mean, because the team wasn't that great when he was here, you know, so uh yeah I, it's just apples and oranges what was that nbl 21 season like for you i mean you started off the season in great fashion and then um you just had to come to melbourne um away for i think it was a month for the nbl cup or two weeks or something like that and then so what's that like with covid and adjustments and things like that yeah i mean as a first year first year as a pro it was like it was a little crazy <laughs> having all that we were on the road for like two months to start this three months really if you include the cup and then um yeah we weren't you know necessarily playing that well and then we kind of turned it around like I had an injury um you know towards the back end of the year so that wasn't great so I mean I learned a ton though um and I think it's helping me this year just like be more poised and a little more familiar and comfortable with the pro level um, so you guys sort of finished third on the ladder that last season, uh, making finals. What was that final series like for you? I mean, as your first professional um, final series and having it be against the Perth Wildcats too. Yeah, it was great. You know, uh, I mean, obviously we lost, so that wasn't great. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was tough because I felt, you know, we won that first game. I felt like we kind of had a real, we did have a good opportunity in the second game at home, you know, to advance to the to the grand final and unfortunately we just couldn't get it done but you know it was a good experience for me um like just playing under that type of pressure and that type of environment um seeing what it takes to you know win and get to that get to the playoffs in the first place and then what it takes to actually win those games um so what's it like when you've got to come um come up uh, i think it might have been three to five games um against perth and you've got to sort of sort of um, take the reins of trying to guard Bryce Cotton. What is it like? <laughs> yeah, Garden Bryce. Yeah, Garden Bryce is hard. You know, he's he's just real small and fast, really quick. And uh, I mean, obviously, he's one of the best players in the NBL, and he's been doing it for a long time. So it's going to be a tough cover. You just, I think, like any good with any good player, you just got to try to make it as hard as you can, force them into stuff they don't necessarily want to take and just do the best job you can. It's not all on you. Obviously, the team's got to help you as well. Um, but, yeah, no, Bryce is a good player, and, it's yeah, he's a tough cover. What are the keys to guarding Bryce um, as a player? 
Uh, he just got to know the tendencies, you know. He really likes stepping back to his left. Um, step, he can step back both ways, really likes the three. So you kind of just want to try to make him get on the rim and, you know, rely on your help defense to contest um, at the rim. So at the end of that um, sort of series, you, you like you mentioned before, you went back to the summer league. Um, how do you – is there a difference in um, levels of play um, between the NBL and the summer league? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, summer league, a lot better athletes. Um, the court, it's an NBA game, so the court's more spread. Um, you can't sit in the key, so the paint's a lot more open. It's a lot less uh, condensed. So I think that makes offense a little – easier and it makes defense a little harder on the mm -hmm. flip side all right we'll take another quick break and be back with justinian jessup welcome back back from the break justinian we just finished talking about um that final series um against the perth wildcats last season um what were your main takeaways from um that first season in the nbl for you main takeaways uh gotta take care of the body you know i got hurt later in the later in the season and so i think that was just from not taking the best care of my body i could just with eating and knowing kind of how to manage the workload so i think that was one of the biggest things uh physically and then uh mentally just you know you got to move on after losses or bad games and even good games too you know you just gotta bless it move on after the night ends and uh move on to the next one so how do you did have you gotten i guess any feedback um, from the Golden State Warriors while you've been in the NBL or when you've been back to Summer League? Uh, no. I mean, I mean, Summer League, like, they coach you and stuff, but uh, no, not necessarily when I'm in the NBL. They don't really – no. No, do they tune into any games? <laughs> I'm sure they're tuning in, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, they're not after every game texting me or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like I mentioned before, you've come back this season – um, as a both defensive and offense, offensive player, um, you've had a great mindset, you've taken down um, and pushed down um, and kept down the scores of guys like Chris Golding um, over the past few games. What work did you try and put in the offseason to make sure um, that you were able to handle these kinds of guys? I think it's just uh, a lot of it's physical, you know, making sure you're in the best shape and uh, – physically right to get through screens and agile enough to get through screens. I mean, that's the biggest part of just being able to, you know, avoid screens and get back in front, you know, especially when you're guarding shooters. Um, and so, yeah, it's still a work defensive, obviously is still work in progress. Um, and I think it's just a little more familiarity with how the game is played at this level. That's helped me. Um, so like I'm at Brian Gorgian, he's, um, there's a lot of there's been a lot of stories over the years, and Dory Kadai has mentioned that he's sort of calmed down in the past few years with his intensity at training. What's he like um, at training and on game day? Uh, I think he's real positive. You know, and just wants us to go out there and play with the free spirit he calls it, and yeah, you know, wants us. Uh, he's a good communicator, great leader. Like knows how to get the best out of his guys and. Definitely can feel a locker room. He's been in situations like this, you know, a long time um, coaching for a while. So he knows how to – what the vibe of a locker room is and how to push the right buttons. So what's it like um, – you've played two years now with Tyler Harvey, um, you know, Antonio Cleveland and Xavier Rathamay is coming into the team now. 
Um, what's it like to sort of gel and have a great chemistry with, I guess, some of those import guys um, to make, and also the locals um, like the Froling brothers to make sure that you guys um, can, you know, win games and compete for the championship? Yeah, it takes some time, you know. Obviously, that's what preseason is for and just learning how to play with each other, what guys' tendencies are. And um, so it's on everybody to figure out how each other plays, how each guy plays. But, no, it's been good, you know. Uh, there's a lot of familiarity with Tyler, just Tyler, uh, obviously playing with him last year. And so I think we're still trying to figure out um, – we're still gelling a little bit on the offensive end um, and learning – what each guy likes likes to do and how he plays. So we're still John a little bit on that end. So when did you have the understanding that you were coming back um, to Illawarra? Uh, I think, you know, probably after the summer league, we realized, or we just, you know, they, they told us, you know, we're, uh, we want you to go back to Illawarra. I guess the Warriors said that. And so, yeah, that's kind of, that was that. <laughs> So did they – there was a lot of things going around. Um, I think it was end of last season that you were going to get the call up um, to go back to the Golden State Warriors and play a game or two. Um, was that ever a factor or something that you thought about? Uh, well, I mean, it's not really in my my decision. <laughs> it's not in my hands. So um, I'm sure if they wanted me up there, then I would be up there. But, um, you know, they just haven't – it hasn't – the decision hasn't been made yet, so it's all good. Um, so what's it like on nights when um, you guys put up the shots, you're doing everything right, but shots just can't drop them in? Do you put extra week in that next week to come back better than ever or like what happens in that sort of situation? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you just – sometimes shots fall, sometimes they don't. I think a lot of it has to do with – uh, I mean, it, it all just works together. You know, the ball movement, the defensive end of the floor. Can you force turnovers? Can you get stops so you can get easier shots? Or are you playing against set defense, you know, every possession? So um, whether the ball goes in or not is, you know, usually determined by other factors. Mm -hmm. um, so what do you think of if the NBL did bring in um, something like 10-day contracts or short-term short contracts um, for guys and things like that? like the NBA? I mean, <laughs> I mean, they kind of do do that already with injury replacements and, yeah. you know, but uh, I don't know what players would really take a 10-day contract in the NBA um, yeah. just because it's probably not going to be as much money as a NBA 10-day, you know? Yeah. 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 So, um, for example, training with Illawarra and then how do you compare that um, to training, I guess, with the with the Warriors? I mean, summer league was a lot more quick. Like, I mean, you only have a couple of practices before the game starts. It's not, you know, the group of guys is together for a month or two months in the preseason, like Illawarra. So it's just a, it's a totally different like setting and scene. And you kind of just got to go in there and um, make the most of it and try to play your game. And yeah. So in summer league, you trying to play for, um, I mean, like setting up teammates or things like that, is it still that kind of sort of team game experience, even though, you know, it's not the actual NBA league? Yeah, I mean, you don't want to be a ball hog, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's definitely like a showcase element to it. And 
Yeah, you I mean you just go out there and play basketball at the end of the day, and coaches kind of just give you some some actions, some concepts to play with offensively and defensively, and then you kind of just go out there and try to do the best you can. What are your hopes for sort of um, making an NBA debut and your future, um, I guess, in the NBA and as a professional basketballer? I mean, yeah, that's the that's the ultimate goal is to you know make the NBA and play in the NBA and have a career in the NBA. So that's what I'm that's what I'm striving for, and that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping for. So say right now, if um, the Warriors, or for example, in a couple of months' time, if you're the Warrior in finals, um, and the Warriors ask you to uh, come back and play a game or two for them, would you stay with Illawarra for that final series or go back um, to Golden State? I mean, yeah, most likely I would probably stay in Illawarra and mm-hmm. finish the series out. And yeah, that's a that's an unlikely situation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it uh, it happened with Josh Giddy, I think, didn't it? Uh no, no, it sorry, it didn't. Sorry, he just ended the season early. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> my mistake. <laughs> um, so in Illawarra, what's it like? Um. When you've got, I mean, I've been, I went, I've been to one of your games um, at the Wind Entertainment Center. What's that atmosphere like um, with the Illawarra fans? Yeah, it's good. I think the Illawarra fans definitely get after it, and it's good when they, a lot of them show up. You know, I think it's one of the harder places to play when you know we get a big crowd, and you know, because all the fans are definitely passionate about it, and they're yelling and they're they're screaming and stuff, and so it just depends on how many people are there. Really, probably like any other crowd to be honest <laughs> what does a home court advantage mean for you or any player for that matter of fact um i mean some people understand the home court advantage some people don't but um what what advantage does that actually give you guys i mean is that just because the crowd's your way or you know um your way around the court or the ring and things like that yeah i think probably you know all the above you're a little familiar with the court you're you're at home you know i'm in my apartment right now and so i have a little routine uh, same routine for each home game so there's comfort there and then uh yeah i mean the crowd's obviously going for you so that's nice as well um when you get a big stop or a big play you know you're hearing cheers instead of just dead silence so that can be a motivating factor so what's game day or the night before the game like for you like your game day sort of routine uh, I mean, the day of the game, we have so I eat breakfast, go to shoot around, a bunch of the boys go to uh, the cafe, you know, cafe in town, uh, get a little snack there, come back, take a nap, um, make a pregame meal here, you know, a few hours before the game and kind of just hang out. Um, and then, yeah, head to the game. And then I got my whole little routine uh, before the game at the at the arena. So for any kids out there listening on SEN right now, um, I mean, what's Justinian Jessup's three tips um, for improving your shooting? Three tips for improving shooting. Wow. All right. Number one, uh, repetition. You have to be in the gym. If you're not practicing a bunch, then you're never going to be a good shooter. Uh, Two, repetition, but in the same way. So if you can have repetition, but if you're constantly changing your shot, then – it's no good. You know, you need to have the same, same shot every single time, you know, focus on that. And then tip number three, focus on the fundamentals, you know, don't get caught up in all the tiny little details that, you know, don't really matter, you know, focus on your, focus on your feet, 
focus on your focus on your release focus on your ball going straight jumping straight up and down just focus on the fundamentals and you'll be all right Mm -hmm. um what's your best advice i guess to anyone who wants to be a professional basketballer um and be successful like yourself yeah you just gotta i mean you just really gotta work hard i mean it's been said a million times and you know a million more people will say it but the work never fails you know if you work really hard and you're, you're in the gym you know most days almost every day you know uh, working when other people aren't then you're getting you're giving yourself the best chance and that's all you can ask for um so if you're um what about like a, a way routine game routine um because i mean do you guys fly um for example to melbourne on game day or the night before or what's that kind of like yeah the day before we'll fly out um day of the game we'll have a shoot around you know you try to keep it as similar as possible to the home routine um does that get difficult yeah sometimes like with the the meal and stuff like that's usually the most different part about it and Sometime, but I mean, the coaches and the team do a pretty good job of keeping like the, the warm up and all that stuff pretty similar. So I guess it's just like the environment and the meals and, you know, you're not sleeping in your own bed. That's the biggest difference. But those are things you can that aren't, you know, aren't going to deter you that much, you know. So how do you see that? Do you see that away game as like a team bonding sort of opportunity? Uh, not necessarily. Like if we're going on the road for only a, a day, you know, just it's different if, you know, this year we went to Melbourne for like 10 days to yeah. for the preseason, you know, the blitz. Yeah. And so, yeah, like if you're there for an extended period of time, then yeah, there's some team bonding to, uh, to it. But if we're just going for a road game now, it's more just a business trip. We want to get in, get out, you know, win the game. And, uh, yeah, that's that. Is there any precautions in the NBL Blitz um, making sure you don't get injured ahead of the season? Not really, no. I mean, each guy, nah. There's no, like, you know, at least for us, there wasn't no limits, yeah. you know, limit minutes, limitation. Um, so, yeah, not really. So do you put in 100% for those games, like, best you can play? Yeah. I'd say, like, the intensity was definitely a little – different and there wasn't like uh as much of a scouting report you know because it's preseason and games don't count to your record but it's not like we're going out there and just not trying you know we want to win the game and we're competing pretty hard so but uh there's not as much of a scout and you know putting it all in you know to the scout and preparation to win so when you come up against chris golding what kind of um studying prior to the game um, i mean prior to the game do you do um i mean do you watch film um, do you practice in the gym trying to learn some of his moves, maybe from um, someone like Gorgian or someone like that? Uh, no, not really. I think when you face any player, whether it's Golding or anybody else, uh, you just you watch the film, see what they try to tend to do, you know, kind of like we were talking about with, you know, Cotton, you just try to see their tendencies and when the game comes, just take those away. Mm-hmm. So how do you take those sort of tendencies away from Cotton? I mean, do you clamp him up or um, force him into some sort of error on the baseline or on the sideline? Yeah. I mean, you just, yeah, you listen to your coaches, you watch the film yourself, see what the tendencies are, uh, and then just give your best effort to keeping him away from those tendencies, you know? And like I said, it's a team effort, so 
not necessarily all on me, it's, but you know, you do the best you can. Have you any popped player. any sprays from Gorgon yet? From Gorge yet? Um, at training or on game day? Any sprays? Any sprays? What's that? <laughs> any oh, so, so it's like um, like has he yelled at me? Yeah, it's like it's like yelling at the team, giving you a bit of um. Yeah, oh, how do I put it? Like he's giving he's giving you a bit of a spray. He's like, oh, he's paying out on you. It's going yeah, on. Yeah, no, I've copped a few sprays from Gorgon, and that's you know along with the team as well. So, mm-hmm. and that's that's going to be any coach. You know, you're not going to play perfect every time. Yeah. Or, you know, all the time. So he'll 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 let me know if I make a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> if you make the mistake, like you just mentioned, how do you try and go about um, improving that mistake? Um, if it's on court, I mean, what is and the plays? Um, certainly with the plays that Gorge draws up. Yeah, I mean, if you make a mistake, the best thing is to just man, you really just got to flush it. Yeah. Huh? Get it off yeah, the line. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you just got to move on to the next thing. It's it does no good to think about it and just keep you know feeling sorry for yourself or whatever the case may be. You know, especially in basketball where it's such a fast moving game and the next play is coming just like that you know so you just gotta flush it and move on to the next thing and try to do your best at the next thing someone like a keeper sykes has said that um he actually thinks it's easier to score um in the nba um than in the nbl because you know um the keys um the, you know the perimeter is not as guarded in the nba um you can get up a lot um better looks and things like that what's your thoughts on that yeah i would agree with that i think it's yeah, it's just a, it's a different game, you know. The court's wider. The there's no three seconds, so teams can't really stay as packed in, like you were saying, and that just allows for more driving opportunities, more space. Um, so as an offensive player, yeah, it's definitely. I think there's an advantage to it more so than you know overseas leagues, um, and vice versa. You know, defensively, it's probably a lot harder to stop guys. Thanks, Justinian, for coming on the show today and putting aside, you know. 50 or so minutes of your time to come and have a chat. It's been an absolute honor to have you on. Sir, thank you. Stay tuned, everyone, for some more Sporting Max. This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEM.